Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Gorgeous ones, it's Dr. Lucy here this morning, and I am joined as usual now on a Tuesday with the wonderful, spectacular, gorgeous Dr. Mary. Hello, beautiful woman. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm sunburnt. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, we just you just continue to make mistakes, don't you? Even when you're in your 40s and you understand, you understand that your pasty white legs, when they get exposed to sun for a long time, for the first time in months, will get burnt and yet you still forget to apply sunscreen. But I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I, I kind of wanted to hide my burnt legs from my nine-year-old daughter because we have such um, robust discussions over the application and importance of sunscreen every time she needs to put it on. But I decided instead I would show her the consequences of, of not properly applying sunscreen and, and use this mistake of mine as a learning opportunity. The slightly embarrassing learning opportunity. Uh, I love that. I love that. That's just a. That's just exactly practicing what we preach all the time about that. <laughs> you know, self reflection, learning, and you're doing it with compassion. The SLC. That's right. That's it. Totally. Totally. Yes. So I, I'm unlikely to forget the sunscreen again in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a little experiment. I wonder what happens if I don't wear sunscreen. Oh, now I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. There's no failure. There's only negative results. Exactly. Absolutely. We're really, you are actually walking the walk of the compassionate scientist. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. I love it. I love it. And speaking of science, I thought today we would chat a bit about the science of real food, in particular, the concept that And Karen Zinn said this beautifully at Low Carb Down Under, that food is not just the sum of its nutrients. Mm. And I love this. And in when I when I was a girl, there was a show called Milton the Monster. And it was it was sort of a Frankenstein type cartoon. And it was all about this scientist, this kind of mad scientist who was making a man. In fact, he was sort of, I think, potentially making a child. And he was making Anyway, I was putting in two drops of blah, 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 this whole oh, yes. jingle. And um, anyway, put in a bit too much of something or other. And anyway, the outcomes, Milton the monster, this gigantic, ferocious-looking man-child monster. And I thought, really, sometimes our food is a bit Milton-esque. Mm. Yes, this reductionist thinking about food and nutrients has become quite common in the world of nutrition, medicine, dietetics, all of it. Yes, yes. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, like we talk a lot and you hear, you, you lovelies have heard me bang on a bit about my issue with regulating nuts and the ability to regulate processed food makes it very hard for us to then have a little bit. And, of course, there's a school of thinking which is that you should be able to have a little bit of everything, that no foods are off limits. And I can appreciate some parts of that, but I've also done that. I've tried that and it didn't work that well because even though I'd say to myself, well, just have a little bit, enjoy it and, you know, have some more tomorrow, the minute I'd finished I'd be rummaging around back in the packets because we all know the processed food is designed to be overeaten. And food in nature, as it comes naturally, is much less likely to do that. 
And I was thinking about this even more with my nuts thing because I, you know, in my head I'm going, oh, these nuts, you know, it's whole food, it's real food, why can't I regulate it? And then I've realised that the magical ingredient is the salt that has been added. So salted cashews don't exist in nature. Roasted salted cashews don't exist. And interestingly, I'm not nearly as drawn to just plain old unroasted unsalted cashews. It is interesting, isn't it? It is. It doesn't override your natural sort of satiety signals. You can't eat the unroasted, unsalted cashews to a point that becomes quite unhelpful for you. No, no. And I think for me, it is that the salt adds that combination of salt, fat and carbohydrates because I do not have it with almonds, even salted almonds. I just do not have it. It's not about the taste. It's about the, the zing. I get in my brain. Yep, that dopamine hit. I believe another layer to this is that it's not a good idea to label foods as good or bad or naughty or, you know, a sneaky little treat or to think of it in these terms I don't think is useful. I think thinking of foods or any kind of behaviour, including the eating of foods, is just helpful and unhelpful. So if eating you know, a salty, fatty, sweet Mars bar really turns on your sugar cravings, makes you hunting for yet more, yet more, it's really difficult to regulate, then it's probably unhelpful. It's not that it's forbidden. It's not that you can't do it. You're grown up. You can do whatever you want. However, it just might not be helpful and possibly just not eating the Mars bars is a much more useful way for you to operate. And if you do so, you actually open up space in your brain. You can break free from the food addiction and the sugar crashes and the consequences of potentially unhelpful behaviours and that it's actually just a much nicer, freer way to live your life. So it's not forbidden. This is not helpful. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's so interesting that that little word can't or allowed makes such a difference to the way your brain perceives something And, you know, if your brain says, I'm not allowed to have it, or even more interesting, a phrase that I've heard before is Dr. Lucy and Dr. Mary, don't think I should have this. There's a should in there. It's so interesting because all of a sudden your brain's going, ah, well, again, everyone's brain's different. But as soon as someone tells me, bosses me around, then I often want to rebel. Mm. We all do. If someone says you should go to bed at 8 o'clock, I think I'll get stuffed. Not doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like my daughter and her sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. Why should I? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And interestingly, just like your daughter and your son, her sunscreen, you do sometimes have to be firm but fair. Mm, you do, yes. We don't get to say to your daughter, look, if you feel like putting a little bit of sunscreen on, you can, and, you know, see how you go. Like that. that's not helpful. The helpful thing is you have to put this on because it's good for you. Yeah, you, you you are a Caucasian human in an Australian summer. You want to go outside. This is what has to happen. This is the most helpful choice and we have to make it. Yes. And I think yep. we can easily look at our food in that same, same, you know, lens and not feel that we're being restricted It's actually just choosing what is going to help me, not just in this moment, but long term. Because sadly, the processed food industry is, it will tell you that their product is healthy. We all know that health halo. 
There's varying stickers and signs and payments made for various bits of advertising that go on the front of the box. Mm. And it's not helpful. Yeah, it's effective though. My poor daughter, I keep bringing her in today. Obviously, I think she's absolutely one of the world's best humans. And she's a child and it's interesting to see things through a child's eyes because we were in the supermarket yesterday. This is after I'd gotten sunburnt but before I'd realised I'd get sunburnt and buying some food and we go past the freezer aisle and she grabs this bucket of, um, of rainbow ice cream and she says, look, Mum, it's gluten-free, it's gluten-free. And she's trying to use this as an argument that therefore it must be healthy and, I'd, you know, she- may or may not really understand what gluten-free means, but it's there over this ice cream and the manufacturers have put the gluten-free across the ice cream to try and give it this health halo, which, of course, the fact that it may or may not contain gluten is immaterial to the myriad ways in which a tub of processed rainbow ice cream is not a helpful choice. Absolutely. And, you know, refined sugar-free is another phrase. So the refined will be in the little writing and sugar-free will be in big writing. And both my girls, who are much older than your lovely one, have come home thinking that they've bought a healthy product. They haven't come home thinking they're buying a Mars bar. They've come home thinking that they're buying something that is going to help their health. When in fact, when you look over the page at the ingredients and you take out all the fortified. So fortified is just a fancy word for added vitamins. Sounds good, doesn't it, fortified? So the added vitamins, so they're just chucked in. When you take out all of that, it's actually, you know, almost identical to a Mars bar. You might as well just have one and a vitamin pill. That's right. And that brings us back to this idea of taking nutrients as isolated entities and that if you take a processed food like breakfast cereal and you add in your vitamin B12 and your you know folate and your riboflavin and all those things that it that it somehow becomes healthy and I think that this is this reductionist thinking that is really common in our society where we want to reduce food down to just its various macronutrients its protein its fat its carbohydrates and maybe its micronutrients its vitamins and minerals This thinking of food as just the sum of all of the little bits that manufacturers can put into it is really potentially unhelpful. There is growing evidence behind this concept of food synergy. That is that food, the interrelationships between all the constituents in our food is far more complex in ways that we can manufacture or that we can realise and that actually getting your nutrients in their naturally occurring form wherever possible is vastly preferable for our health. Like, you know, the synthetic isolated nutrients really don't always have the same positive effect on our body. The way that we make them biologically, technologically, it's not the same as real food. Oh, absolutely. And one of the easiest things to, I guess, conceptualise is this concept here, I'm using two words, of something called bioavailability, which is that you may see, you know, the amount of milligrams listed on the side of the packet of a product, let's say it's iron or something, but that doesn't tell you whether your body absorbs it easily or not. And we know that when food comes in its natural form, it is much more likely 
to come with cofactors that promote absorption compared to processed food. That's right. And and most of our nutrients require those enzymes or those synergistic cofactors or even we've got, you know, organic mineral activators that are in real foods that allow us to be able to properly absorb what we need from those foods. So all of these, they naturally are present in natural foods, but are often not included in processed and synthetic foods. Even if they say great source of iron on the packet, it doesn't actually mean that it is. No, no. Or my favourite, new. it's a new, it's um, a great source of fibre, which is, you know, synthetic fibre that's been added in later, which is often added in because it's a, a flavour enhancer. And by the way, it just happens to be a resistant starch. So we'll call it fibre. Yeah. It's so interesting. And look, I think no matter which <laughs> which stream of health promotion you're in, which camp, whether you're a plant-based, whether you're a carnivore, whether you're a loud and proud omnivore like Mary and I, the evidence that ultra-processed foods are harmful is overwhelming. So I always get a tiny little bit of me dies when I see people recommending ultra-processed foods as being healthy because it doesn't matter which way you want to dress it up, they're not. You might have a post that, you know, or you might see somewhere and, and people, and again, they, they do this great source of vitamin C or something. I think vitamin gummies, they're probably one of those examples that you go, hmm, so interesting, isn't it? And at the end of the day, people are wanting to do the right thing for their kids in particular. If they've got a kid that is fussy eater, they might be worried they're not getting enough vitamins. So, you know, suddenly in marks a product called Vitagummies, which are just lollies, sugar lollies with fortified vitamins. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I like to believe that you and I are the voice of reason at least most of the time. And we're not blanketly opposed to supplementation, but I think you should be selective about what supplements you use and why. And it is potentially very unhelpful and and folly to think that you can get the nutrients you need by eating highly processed foods but adding in a supplement. Unfortunately, that isn't that just is not how our bodies work. We are designed to eat real foods and real foods is what our bodies need. And I thought, Mez, we might finish with a little Perhaps just a, couple, a bit of a discussion about some of the foods. I mean, there's there's foods that I think everybody would know are ultra processed, you know, soft drink as an example. But there's a few food groups out there or a few food products out there which people may not realise are actually highly processed. When you hear the word ultra processed food, you think, you know, chips maybe or crisps or something like that. But maybe we'll have a, you know, take in turns and give our top five things of highly processed food. What would be on your number one highly processed food list? Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) basically anything that has to have a picture of real food on the packet or the tin to make you think that it's real food. But okay, ultra processed food, ice cream, rainbow ice cream. Absolutely. All right. I'm going, I'm going a little controversial. I'm going vegan meat. (laughs) good one is that even a phrase but yes apparently it is it is highly processed you look at the back of the packet and there is a list as long as your arm of the ingredients the majority of which you will not recognize 
because they're chemicals. You'll recognise things like, you know, if it's got some herbs in it, you'll recognise basil and you'll recognise thyme or something like that in it. But they, all the other stuff, mm-mm. Okay, what else for you? Um, margarine and vegetable oils. Mm, absolutely. Didn't we all, I mean, I grew up thinking flora, which was our, or meadow lee, you know, you ought to be congratulated. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Margarine is is just toxic goop. The plant sterols will reduce your cholesterol. Yeah, and, and yeah, well, ugh. Um, that's a, that's a whole other podcast right there. <laughs> that is. All right. I'm going muesli bars. Mm. Yeah. Muesli bars. Can I add to that energy bars as well? Muesli bars and energy bars. Absolutely. Yep. And a lot of, a lot, not all, but most protein bars, again, highly processed, powdered proteins and muesli bars kill me because for the majority, like you go and you go on muesli bar and it kind of sounds healthy, like muesli sort of sounds healthy. And then they've got chocolate chips. They've got some sort of fake vegetable yogurt dip on them. They've basically got all this stuff in them to make them palatable. And, you know, and it's like, well, we, we don't care about that because there's muesli in them. So, no, they're all out too. Yeah. Okay, what's next on your list? I'd go that in particular mass-produced bread and buns. I think if you're buying some you know, artisan stone ground sourdough bread from your local baker and, you know, they baked it that morning with all good ingredients. I have to clarify that, of course, it's high in carbohydrates and that may or may not be helpful towards your goals, but the flour itself is, you know, just minimally processed as much as it can be. That might be all right, but depending on your goals, if you're metabolically flexible, but certainly the breads that you get in supermarkets um, and at lots of bakery chains, yeah, highly processed. Yes, absolutely. With filled with emulsifiers and preservatives. Of course they do it to, to do the shelf life because your artisan bread, you you have to eat that day or the next day. It's hard, like the olden days. And I'm old enough to remember the olden days. And now bread seems to last in the cupboard for like 23 days. It's eerie. We've got some hot cross buns here at the moment that we got given from someone. I can't even remember, to be honest. Oh, yes, I know. A person who does um, gets lots of leftover food from a local bakery, chain bakery, and I haven't eaten them. And they're about eight days old and they're still very soft and fresh looking. Yes. Slightly frightening. Absolutely. Fresh looking. I love that. Okay. I'm also (laughs) going to add to my list of ultra processed foods, yogurt. Now, not all yogurt. Yes. Yes. Not all yogurt. Not all yogurts are created equally, but many yogurts and in particular those ones that have this sort of, um, so there'll be yogurt and then there's some sort of fruit sort of syrup at the bottom or swirled through it. When you look again at the ingredients, the amount of sugar in it, it is the equivalent of just having a, a you know, raspberry swirl ice cream. So much sugar in it. But it has the health halo because it's yogurt. Yogurt, yes. yeah. And it's got a few lactobacilli in it and that's sort of considered okay, but it's not. There are some really good quality yogurts out there. And, you know, I'm not going to list all the brands, but read your label. Read it, please, because it, I mean, if I was a proper yogurt maker, I would be really cross 
that these ultra-processed products can can actually have the same label as my good quality, you know, minimally processed two-ingredient yogurts. Yes, it is, and and that they'll it'll be um, given the same health halo ranking in our minds. Absolutely. Speaking of health halos to the ultra-processed food list, I would add soft drink and in the same breath, I'm not even taking a deep breath, I'm going to add in fruit juice. (sighs) Yes, yes. Very processed, particularly the ones in the supermarket. Yeah. We all know, well, and if you haven't listened to episode on fruit juices, we'll link it in the show notes because juice, juice, People don't even use it. They just call it juice has such a health halo, a juice cleanse, juices are good for you, blah, blah, blah. They're honestly not. They're just a big sugar hit. It'll be um, marketed as being natural, but there is no fruit juice machine in nature. <laughs> That's right. The juice is extracted from the plant and for the majority of things, it all of the goodness is thrown away. Yes, and as really raises our the sugars in our bodies and our body has to deal with a, yes, a very, very big sugar hit. I've got a final one that I might finish on. Soft drink and fruit juice. Yeah, soft drink and fruit juice. So there's a product around and it's interesting. It's called Just Egg, except there is no egg in it. So it's marketed as being Just Egg. The company's called Just Egg. Everywhere you look, it says Just Egg. All of the pictures have got omelettes and all sorts of things, except that there's no egg. It comes in a jar or a bottle and I actually think it should be just called just not egg. Now, there are some people who, you know, for, particularly if you have egg allergy, clearly, clearly if you have egg allergy, you're not going to be eating eggs. That would be, that would be nuts. Quick way to die, eat an egg. And if you're a vegan for whatever reason, you're not going to eat eggs. But there will be people out there who have no medical reason or ethical reason not to eat eggs, who look at this product and think, oh, good, someone's just cracked open some eggs. I don't have to deal with the shells now. I'm going to buy it because that's that's what they marketed it as. And when you look at it, again, maybe nine or ten ingredients into this not just just egg bullshit. So I think we've just got to be, and I know, it, you know, busy, busy lives, people you know, I haven't got time to read all the ingredients. But if I'm following up from Dr. Chafee's podcast on his views on plants and he makes this line, plants are trying to kill you, I would say to you, if you enter the supermarket, go in with the idea that processed food is trying to kill you. And we have actually have evidence for that. So keep it, my lovelies, to a minimum. Doesn't mean if you have some processed food, you're going to cark it that day. Clearly, we're very robust humans. But the percentage of processed food that we now eat as a society, as a population across the globe, is increasing, 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 and it is making us sicker and sicker. And you really can take back control by you know, choosing these really fun, delicious and helpful choices, which is simply real food. And we've got a free hypnosis for you beautiful people, a free guided hypnosis, which can help strengthen your motivation to nourish your body with real food and to really experience the benefits of food synergy 
and all the things we've been talking about today. It's in the show notes, but you can get that hypnosis by going to www.rlmedicine.com forward slash nurture. Absolutely. Nurture is the key. You can nurture your body. You can nourish your body with real food. You cannot do either of those with processed food. No matter how many stars, health stars, or health washing it has, it will not do the same thing. All right, gorgeous ones, that's it from us this week. We'll see you next week, lovelies. Bye-bye. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.